Let's go for it. Let's go. Let's just go. Do the intro. Excellent. Go. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Hi and welcome. I'm Luke Campbell. I work for a small wine company, and he's Luke Morris. And he works for uh, a bigger wine company. And together we are Luke's Talk Wine, who talk about all things wine and booze and popular culture. Think when to drink, why to drink it, and the culture that surrounds drinking. Hello, Luke. Hi, Luke. How's it going? Very, very well, thank you. This week we've got a massive, massive show, albeit uh, we're under the pump with timing. Both Luke and I have bit of time pressure today, but we've got a number of topics to get through. This is episode four in season two. This week's topic is wine etiquette, the do's and don'ts of consuming booze or moreover wine, and a listener question actually that came in from Margaret in Glen Iris. She says, why are Australia's wines blended and OS wines seem to be mainly single varieties? Which is food for thought. But first up, I as it was always, opposite. Anyway, yeah, keep going. But first up, as always, Luke Morris. What's been happening in your wine world this week, pal? Um, I've just come across to Adelaide. I'm here for uh, the Adelaide Fringe Festival, doing some uh, uh, arts work. Which, um, and I was just, I just thought it was fun to uh, first person I sort of bumped into on the street was having a conversation with someone about vineyards and I just thought <laughs> I have really come to the wine capital of Australia this is uh, were, where they do were they you know, fa- fans of the podcast mate or um... <laughs> they were actually they did they tried to figure out which Luke I was um, they thought I was the small business one but now I'm the big business one uh, but um no, it's, it's it's cool. I haven't really got into the wine bars here yet, but just simply because uh, of time, I've really only just landed. I'll be um, going around soon, but I expect there's plenty of good drops around this part of town. Do you, do you know Adelaide very well, Campbell? I've um, spent a bit of time in Adelaide. Yes, actually, you know, down at the Pirate Life Brewing Bar down there in Port Adelaide and, uh, you know, the Exeter Hotel in the Rundle Street Mall. There's a fantastic... Hotel. By far, yep. there's there's Excellent. a topic in terms of um, uh, wine. It's it's like a wine bar, but it's a pub. Like yes, the wine list absolutely. is exceptional, and actually, I found that in another place, the Crown and Anchor, the wine on on, on surf there is fantastic, but yep. the the culture is just really that it's another drink. It's not to be lauded over. It's just another excellent drink they have on offer. Absolutely, yeah. The the other one to look out for, which isn't far from there, is Hellbound Wine Bar, which is in the. It's actually in the mall, but you go down into it. Um, it's yes. cracking uh, for a lot of local drops and a lot of fresh nouveau producers, and a, and a really interesting take on wines. Hellbound um, is fantastic. I I remember going there last time I was in Adelaide, and it's literally. Uh, around the corner from where I'm staying. So it will be, um, there'll be a late night, one or two spent there. It's a great spot. Excellent, excellent. And you said you're doing some research, a bit of R&D on the comedy circuit there. Obviously, the Adelaide Fringe is happening. What What are yep. some of the top picks you're off to see? 
Oh, I'm doing I'm doing research and I'm going to go see Ange Lavrapierre. Uh, she has a show which I believe is called Ange Lavrapierre has 99 problems and here's an extensive list of an exhaustive list of each one of them. Um, <laughs> who else am I going to see? Because we're potentially going to tour with her. Um, I'll probably try and see uh, Aidan Jones. He's a good bloke. He does great stand-up shows. Go go to Gluttony and see uh, Rachel Wayner do a flying photon. Uh, that's the show I'm helping with, and uh, she's really good. Hi, this is Luke Morris from Luke's Talk Wine. I've written some books, so visit lukemorrisha.com.au. Go there, see the books, buy one, support the podcast. That's lukemorrisha.com.au. L-U-K-E-M-O-R-R-I-S-H-A dot com dot A-U. Have a great day. Excellent. All right, mate. Well, I wanted to pick your brain this week because a few things have got my goat, but I just wanted to talk to you about the <laughs> etiquette of wine, the do's and don'ts, mate. Um, so lay it on me. Have you got a couple of do's and a couple of don'ts straight off the bat for me? Do you know what? I can't remember. You're the one who has the memory for each and every episode we've done. But there was an episode yep. where I, um, I I got annoyed at uh, being invited to a wine dinner and then it was just really, you know, mostly about shots. And I was just a sort of <laughs> – I, I just wasn't that en- enthralled by it all. But honestly um, – I don't really care. You, we've talked about, you know, the importance of drinking wine out of a proper glass. I still don't care. We've talked about the importance of decanting. By and large, I still don't care. There's etiquette is probably just be nice when you're consuming. We've talked about the culture the cult, the, in the first episode, I think, the cultural differences between Australia and Japan where, you know, if somebody's getting too drunk, their friends just tell them and then they accept that and it's all cool and they just sort of yep. put their head down on a table and they stop drinking for a little bit and that's cool because everyone understands that that happens. None of that was episode one. We were covering, yeah. covering big topics in episode one, weren't we? And look at where we've come to. No, that's, that, that's <laughs> it. And for those who want to know how not to wind dinner, episode 16 of the last season was the the one where um, Luke really got riled up, actually, people doing shots at a wine tasting. So we don't suggest you start taking shots of Mezcal over a wine tasting. But a couple of things just just get me riled up, and this is how it uh, spawned yeah. this week's topic, is two things, and they are gla- – you mentioned the glasses and the right glassware. I'm not so much a glass Nazi. However, it's how you use it. Obviously, one of the great things to wine etiquette is you have to hold your glass and grab your glass by the stem, not the bowl. You know, the, the design of a wine glass no. exists for a reason. Let's hold the stem, people. Let's hold the stem of the glass. Just do that so for you, me. You get, you get really riled up at uh, stemless flutes or stemless glasses. Oh, There's O-series. They're really good inside oh, a dishwasher. Spare me. You know, they're great for a dishwasher, but unless I'm camping and guzzling pet nat at an alarming reason rate that I don't <laughs> need to think about it. I don't want a stemless glass. My glass has to have a stem because organoleptically I am wanting to assess the wine. I want to drink the wine. I'm wanting to taste the wine. Um, what if you just want to enjoy the wine? 
Well, if I'm enjoying the line, I'm drinking that pet nat at an alarming rate with a stainless glass. But most mm. of the time, I want to see the wine. I don't want to change the temperature of the wine. I want to grab and hold the stem. And moreover, don't overfill your glass, your pelicans. Like, fill oh. your glass up to just under the widest part of the glass so you can give it a good swirl and get your snoz in there. Stop overfilling your glasses. Like, you know, if you watch any of the American TV shows, they almost fill the wines up to the top. Like, forget that, brim. people. And you got to sip you it want... out. You got to use a straw, you got to use a straw to get into it. That's it, mate. Don't you know? Like, just stop being a pelican. Don't overfill your glass. You beak old more than your pelican. Just leave it down under the kind of uh, widest point of the glass, and you're away. You won't be spilling anything. You'll be able to swirl your glass significantly. One third is about where you need it. So you know, I get made fun you... of for doing that still. Like if I really? pour someone, a, if I get pour someone a glass, like uh, and I pour to as as you say the widest point, so yep. wherever that is 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 generally my gauge, um, and yeah, and they're like, ah, oh, fill me up. It's like, well, that that is full. That's that's what the glass. That's where the glass oh, is yes. full. Yep. To, to to my brain, that is full. Yeah, that that old question, that old. You know, oh, the tide's out. It's like, really? Oh, the tide's out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, mate, it's not. Yeah. It's, oh, it just gets is, me wrong. Is the etiquette up. really to – is the etiquette, though, because people seem to just enjoy wine in uh, any sort of manner, is the etiquette to, I guess, read the room? I don't know. If, if you yeah, want the no, Yeah, you got to know who you're drinking. you got to know who you're drinking with. Like, you know, yeah. you, you can't be – you know, and like I said, you can't be a glass Nazi. You like, uh, you, you know, I'm not one of those people who's got a different wine shape stem for every you know, thing. <laughs> I, I have a, I've, even I have universal a universal stem at home. Like I don't use different stems for different people. Don't get me wrong. When I go to a restaurant, and I'm drinking very, a great Nebbiolo. Quick. I love a good glass. Very quickly, because my brain's thinking of it. There was a, there was a, I was watching a movie, and they tried to portray this character as being really quite fancy because he went down to the bottle shop and bought an expensive bottle of wine, and he, you know, made himself a lovely dinner, and he was just being, you know, well educated as a, as this person living uh, alone. And then he got his Bordeaux and put it in a Pinot glass, and I was like, he does not know anything. It's all a fraud. It's crap. <laughs> And and then the movie just continued on as though he's cultured, and I was like, "No, he's not. No, he's, he's not fake. really. He doesn't understand." <laughs> the be, other thing that's high on the priority list. Yeah, sorry to talk over you, Luke Morris. I'm no. just I'm riled up, well and truly. No. The other Keep thing going. that gets when did me this happen? is, oh well, it, it got me riled up actually in the middle of last week, not too long after we filmed, uh, recorded the last uh, episode. And it happened to me where I was with somebody and they were like, oh, the tide's out. And I was like, really? Is it? <laughs> so it got me thinking Is about that a little bit of Is that when you go and get your again. cheapest bottle of, um, oh, let's just say Semyon, because they're cheap? Uh... <laughs> I'm not sharing Semyon. We're selling Semyon. Come on, Luke Morris. So is, is that where you uh, get your cheapest bottle and that's the thing that you serve those uh, plebs? Well, <laughs> plebs is the ultimate uh, word. Better you using it than me. But yes, I, I agree. And and moreover than that, when when you are pouring out that wine, whatever the wine may be that you've plucked out of your cellar, uh, 
and you are have decidedly wanted to share with people, pour the wine, hold the bottle by the base where it's widest. Don't hold the bottle by the neck, you uncouth Neanderthals. You want to hold (laughs) the bottle by the base. It's where it's widest. It's where it's easiest. It's it's where you're in the command the most. As a sommelier, if you want to go one step further, you always hold the bottle showing the label out for obvious reasons, but we're not getting nasty on that. We're just If you are pouring the wine, pour the wine by the bottle, hold the bottle towards the base, and everybody's happy. Everybody gets an even amount of fluid in their glass, and yeah. you know what you're drinking, you muppets. Like, have a, have a decent look at yourself. What if the bottle's mostly neck, like the Joseph Sparkling Shiraz Sabre? Well, How that's are you supposed to hold that? You're supposed to hold it at the bottom by the bottom because that's where the bottle's thickest. There's a reason it's thickest at the bottle. It is. Anyway, those Bordeaux I'm... bottles, most of those bottles, uh, you, you hold them in that thick part because that's actually where the best balance is and you get the easiest pour. Yeah, exactly. And you, you're, you're in control. So yeah. Do, do you feel better? Want to, uh, I do feel better. I've got that off my chest. Thanks, Luke Morris. So we want glassware what? that you uh, hold by a stem and bottles that you hold by a bottle. That's it. Pretty plain and simple. We don't need to put it on a T-shirt, but, you know, just a little bit of etiquette goes a long, long way. You're not worried about people, um, two glasses? Double what, double it? parked? Yeah. Well, you know, any way you want to drink wine is a good way. So, yeah. You, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you want to drink two at a time, Luke Morris, I'm not, you know, responsibly, of course, I'm not getting in the middle of that. So no. if, you, if you're double parked at a wine tasting, no worries. You, you're obviously learning more. <laughs> good all right so you, you are fairly light on your walls you were going to change topics yeah. i think were you i was going to say actually if people wanted to get in touch with us whether it's their most embarrassing wine faux pas or whether they've got a question about etiquette they can do that how can they do that here on luke stalk wine uh you send us an email via the old emailing service at luke's talk wine at gmail Com. And Margaret has actually done that this week, and she's came at us with a, with a topic that I know will be close to your heart. And it is, as previously mentioned, why are Australia's wines mainly blends and the overseas wines seem to be mainly single varieties? Luke Morris, this is a good question. Is it in your wheelhouse? Uh, yeah, I think it's so-so an incorrect question. Uh, because I, she might be mistaking the fact that overseas wines are mainly described by the region they're from, whereas um, Australian wines are described by the grape varietals. Because by and large, overseas wines are blended, whereas Australians and the New World winemakers, they're the ones who champion single vineyard, that single varietal kind of thing, just for, for many different reasons. One of it's marketing, one of it's access to grapes. You know, Australians will plant and sell Cabernet Sauvignon and name me another a part of the old world that also just sells Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah, they don't blend with to... Merlot or Malbec or anything else. They don't make Bordeaux. They don't make Super Tuscan. They just call it Cabernet Sauvignon. I can't think of any. No, well, I absolutely agree with you. I think uh, Margaret, she, she's, um, I think she's probably highlighting the fact that you know, she's come across some of Australia's great friends like Cabernet Shiraz or, you know, maybe some GSMs or something from the Brossa. But I, I tend to agree with you. I think a lot of Australia's wines are 
single varieties um, and yep. the regionality of the European wines denotes there uh, from a blend. But I think one of Australia's yeah. great gifts to the wine world is the blend, is that claret blend of Shiraz and Cabernet. Um, I still love drinking it and it is, it is a great blend um, and it's made by all types of different producers now. You must have had a oh, claret yeah. in your time, Luke Morris. I, I, I claret? Yeah, you say the claret blend is Shiraz Cabernet. Yep. Sorry, I beg your pardon. The Shiraz Cabernet blend is a distinctively Australian blend, not unlike yes. the claret blends of Bordeaux, which are distinctively French. Oh. So, yeah, you're right. I've muddled my yeah. sentence there. You're quite right. Good no, that's, no, that's um, right. Yeah. But Shiraz but, yes, Cabernet, it's... Cabernet Shiraz, is a great Australian blend. Yeah, I think it's just a, a question of labelling. And so why does why has Australia uh, gone the route of naming grape varietals on their labels and highlighting when they are creating blends and when they are using single varietals conversed to uh, Old World, which is just saying things like Bordeaux or um, which Bordeaux White, Bordeaux Red and uh, Rhone, you know, Co-OT, Chateau Neuf de Pup, which are all champagne which are all blends but we actually mm -hmm. name what's in the grapes i think we do it that there yeah, there's labeling laws where we have to put the grape varietal onto the label up to 85 percent on the front label and then up to 95 percent inclusive on the back label oh yes that's and a very good point not a lot of people would know that maybe just repeat that for the listeners yeah so uh, on the front label, if something's named, for instance, Shiraz, which is a, a, good, a very good example of this, would be something that's on the front label says uh, Brossa Shiraz, for instance. So it says Brossa Shiraz, 85% of the fruit in there has to be Shiraz, and I think also has to be from the Brossa. There's another 10% that you then have to add to the back label. So you might be Shiraz Cabernet, but because it's so much Shiraz and the, you don't want to advertise the Cabernet, you might put that on the back label, say Shiraz Cabernet. Um, and, and normally you put that on the front label because it looks silly if you just hide it on the back label. The, the so, gap... So, the, yeah, go on, the, you're right. The, the extra, there's an extra 5% there, and that's an important number because Rhone Valley Co-Roti is a Shiraz Viognier blend. And so it's still legal for Australians to make something that has a 5% other grape in there to um, either for topping up the tank or because they're trying to create a specific style. But where that fruit isn't really that intended to be influential. And so you can, you've, you've got a little leeway just in case. And it's not to be hiding or, or sneaky in any way is just because sometimes when you you're filling up a tank or just some fruit there can be fruit variation within a vineyard even clones can change uh production so it's just to give people a little bit of space so you're telling me that something like say the alumbus signature Cabernet Sauvignon Shiraz with all of its herbal herbaceousness cherry kind of succulent fruit would have to be by law 85% Cabernet Sauvignon no, 85% um, Cabernet and Shiraz because that's on the front label. Right, But on, on the Whatever back, that on the front label, yeah. on, the, on the front label has to be, if it's 85%, if, you know, whatever 
majority of the blend is has to be on the front label. If it's yep. minor, it can go on the back label. Mm. But that's one thing Australian laws dictate that we showcase those sorts of things, which European law lines don't. Um, and the other thing is promoting the single vineyard, promoting the varietal. You know, yep. we we promote Shiraz and we promote Cabernet from Coonawarra and we promote Simeon from the Hunter, which is something that they don't do overseas. They don't they don't promote grape varietals like we do. No, they promote the region as a whole: Chablis, Champagne, yep. Bordeaux. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah. presumed that you understand what varietals are on the left bank of the Bordeaux or on the right bank, it's Merlot dominant, blah, blah. It's, it's, yeah. It comes with a little bit of understanding of that region. We might touch on the regionality a little bit uh, of another topic for, for another day. But I, I think you're right. I think Margaret's, um, she's wondering about the blends and the single varieties. Mainly single varieties are probably here on the mainland of Australia and the European wines are often blended. Hey, but um, yeah, thanks for, thanks for getting involved with listener questions. If you want to get involved in the program and tell us what you think or get involved in any way with questions, you can do that at lukestalkwine at gmail.com. There was, going back to the, the do's and don'ts actually, it just kind of, I just, I just in the back of my um, mind, I was just. You still got something else you want to get off your chest? I, I, I do. I, I do have something else, and, and that is the kind of thing that really, um, you know, just a little bit of a pearl of wisdom, I guess. That, like I said before, if you're double fisting it and you got two drinks at a time, I, I'm not a wine Nazi. I don't mind how you drink. Whether you drink it you know, in a big bucket or through a straw. I don't mind how you're drinking it because just as long as you're drinking wine, I think it's a great thing. The question we do get asked, actually, I get asked as a sommelier a lot, you know, can I put ice in my wine? Are you offended if I put ice in my wine? I'm not offended however you want to drink wine. If you want to put ice in your wine, however, just be mindful of what happens. And that is with the addition of ice cubes to a wine, you begin to water down the alcohol and you also begin to change the flavours of your wine. So if you're searching for a wine that's filled with, you know, balance or striking acidity or wonderful flavours of the vineyard, as soon as you add ice cubes to that wine, you're going to change the chemical makeup and chill it down a little more to a point where almost you're not really caring about the flavours anymore. So just be mindful of that. I don't mind if you put ice cubes in your wine. Um, whatever you do, depending on the circumstances, as long as you're drinking wine, but just be mindful you're going to change the characters of your wine. That's probably it for me on the etiquette of wine, Luke Morris, but just one other <laughs> thing that was getting my goat, I thought I'd sneak it in there in this week's episode, episode four of season two. Easy, no problems. Yeah, well, thank you very much, mate. I know you're on a time limit. I know you're on the R&D tour of Adelaide. Please say hello <laughs> to the boys at... Uh, at Hellbound, if you do get down there, have a lovely East End Cellars. I'll go say good day to them in a mo. Oh yes, absolutely. The boys down at East End, what a fabulous store that is. But enjoy your time. Are you drinking uh, West West End bitter down there, or what's what's off the tap this afternoon? What are you drinking? I don't know, actually, mate. Um, no, I'm about to have my first um, sort of meeting in a bar, and uh, it depends on. Uh, how they're feeling, what they've got up. If, they, if they're in for a, a glass of something, there might be a, a can in it. I'm not sure. 
But um, <laughs> what have you been? Have you had? Have you got anything that's on your tasting bench at the moment? Mate, across the tasting bench this week has been none other than uh, some Tasmanian Pinot Noirs, uh, of all things, and, and just all things Tassie at the moment. They're just going off in more ways, you know. Whether it's a sparkling, you know, whether it's a kind of Beaujolais style Pinot Noir Nouveau, or just where it's just simply just still Pinot Noir. We had a few of them across the tasting bench this week, and just there's some stunning stuff coming out of Tassie. If you haven't found yourself drinking anything Tasmanian of late, peoples, we ask the question, why not? Um, just, <laughs> utterly, it's, uh, just amazing. Nothing in particular, Luke Morris, but just as a general rule of thumb, the stuff coming out of Tassie is uh, yeah, just delicious. So I was drinking Tasmanian Pinot this week. This is mm. true. Yep, Tassie is kicking goals. Absolutely. Hey, I've been Luke Campbell. You can find me at on the gram at vinified underscore wine underscore services. He's been Luke Morris. You can find him on the gram at Luke Morris Hut. Ha. Luke Morris Ha. And together we've been Luke's Talk Wine. Hey, have a great week. Get involved in the show next week and we'll be back. Yep. You'll be back next week, Luke Morris? I'll be back next week firing on all cylinders. Excellent. Well, in the words of Tony Barber, keep smiling. Bye for now. Vinified are the wine cellar's specialists. We're Australia's only personal sommelier service. Our sommeliers work with you to build your cellar. Our aim is to bring you the wines from the freshest new producers, all based on your tastes. We can come to you, source your wines, present tastings. Think of Vinified as your wine concierge. We can do retail, we can do tastings, we can host your dinner parties, or we can procure you that rare wine. Vinified is proud to be associated with Luke's Talk Wine. www.vinified.com.au